Full of Sound and Fury is a podcast for adults, by adults, containing adult language. Listener discretion is advised. I'm two shots plus two weeks now, so and, and my wife is as well, so we're feeling good. I, I saw that she was. That's that's awesome. Uh, your daughter cannot be vaccinated at her age, though, yet, right? Yeah, yeah, she's not even two, so right. uh, she will be two, I, I hope, if the timelines work out by when some sort of vaccine eligibility later this fall will be potentially, you know, around for, you know, kids that would, her age or her would-be age, but I guess, you know, I'll keep my fingers crossed for that to happen, I, who knows? Well, let's start there. That was one of the things I was thinking we could uh, just uh, chatty chat 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 about. What do you guys have anything planned? Now that was only uh, half on fire. <laughs> uh, we've got like a uh, like a Fourth of July family thing um, at like a family home type thing. My brother and her husband and my my I'm sorry, my brother and his wife and my sister and her husband. That's what I meant to say um they're they're all vaccinated plus so everybody I, you'll find this maybe interesting i have i have two siblings so there's three kids my parents three kids all of us got a different uh vaccine <laughs> vendor solution so one kid got the pfizer common. maybe not uh one kid got the pfizer one kid got the moderna that was me and then one kid got the johnson and johnson a kid and and uh partner and uh yeah, anyway, all the various timelines work out so everybody's vaccinated except their young kids. But if, if we're all vaccinated, then it should be okay. But that's it. We're, we're, I mean, we're not trying to get too radical until stuff really shakes out, you know, in a, in a more... I feel like everything's trepidatious right now. Like, vaccines are rolling out. Those are good Those are good signs. But not everybody's vaccinated. Kids aren't vaccinated. It's not a time to just pretend like 2020 didn't happen. You know, it's... Uh, Weird. Yeah, totally, totally fair. When you have smaller children, what I'm confused by is the preponderance of people that are in a household like my own, um, two adults and a dog. We're we're days away from hitting that 14 day threshold, all of us. So, I I'm going to follow the CDC guidelines. I'm not going to get on yeah. Twitter, for example, and just say what 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 are they really trying to do? Uh, yeah, I mean, traditionally the CDC is known as being pretty cautious about stuff. So, do I mean, do what you will. I mean, uh, do, follow your best judgment. But like, yeah, if, if there's nobody unvaccinated in your circle, good to go. I mean, I, yeah, that would, I, that's how I would probably feel if if we had different circumstances and didn't have a young child. I mean, yeah, uh, they the vaccines appear to be pretty robust. Um, it seems like even when you get it now and you're vaccinated, you basically don't know it. Which is potentially scary because you know yeah. if you do have the yeah. small child around. Yes, but if you're not that person, I guess take the win is my argument. <laughs> yeah, essentially, <laughs> what the hell was the last fifteen months about if not for this very moment? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, yeah, it's it's a the risk calculus is different, but I mean, the other side of risk is the is is the the, the opportunity, right? And if you have that opportunity, why not take advantage of it? I mean. I guess to each their own. I know there's a lot of folks wanting to just continue to shelter in, and I guess I it doesn't almost, harm anybody if you do. <laughs> I had almost forgotten that the far right did not have all of the crazies under their <laughs> banner. And it all came screaming back on Thursday. You forgot about the, uh, the GMO hating... Uh... Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, crowd. And, I, and I live in Seattle, but I haven't had I haven't been able to go visit them so I, I forgot just how insane they also are yeah that's what to me like that all that spells like a weird summer right where like we're half in half in half out like as a nation as a world as a you know <laughs> a world really truthfully uh, some places you know like india right it's just like a, way worse and you know, oh yeah not in, but like everything is in transition everything is in transition like the vaccines are here people are you know they're they're becoming more and more available but it's not. It's not like we're we're done. This is me probably being the pandemic is half full. But I'm kind of surprised India didn't start having problems until like just now. 
Who's to say they didn't and just hid the numbers? Yeah, I mean, you got to watch for the other spots like that popping up in places that haven't had a huge issue up to this point either. I mean, just throw a bunch I'm of I'm excited for the Olympics in 100 days in a nation oh, that has a 3% oh, oh, vaccination rate. <laughs> Whoa, Nelly. I don't see any problems there whatsoever. Ugh. Errol, you are my, my sensei on all things Japanese. What the hell is going on? Honestly, I don't know. I haven't really been keeping up with the the, the approach. It seems like the, the Japanese government is just being very cautious and trying to get the older generations, you know, vaccinated more like early. But like there's there's some kind of level of bureaucracy there that I just I just don't understand because uh, I haven't been following it I, or, or, I, or I don't understand it, period, or, or both. <laughs> uh, uh, my what, what little I've read is just like bureaucracy on top of bureaucracy and the, the various uh issues with that and they're they're very like inverted uh, you know in terms of age groups like they have a lot more of an older population which you'd think would mean they'd be able to get folks vaccinated sooner if that's who you're prioritizing the same way other countries have but doesn't seem to be the case so yeah 100 100 days <laughs> to the olympics something like that it I was just stunned to hear that. Uh, I, I've done tried to do a little bit of reading. Um, as you said, a, a great deal of it doesn't really make any sense for a culture that it is like seems like they would be ready made to fight a pandemic. <laughs> and it's very much about cleanliness, but there, I guess, there's also a lot of vaccine hesitancy due to some bad um, vaccines they've had in the, the past. I guess maybe that yeah makes sense. You know, it's gonna affect people differently in those in countries that had that more of an be more of an issue or, or more recent more of a recent issue than than others but yikes i i guess i just would think that having lived through sars 1.0 as they did 20 years ago that they wouldn't be like yeah let's do this but yeah 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 no i guess the japanese version of the fda it was slow to approve shit but i, I guess they've made some a lot of strides in the last week uh, we're recording this on May 16th, 2021, Common Era. <laughs> so uh, just to kind of give people listening to this in the future, what the hell has or has not taken place. But I I bullish that once they the, these protocols get put into place, shit can change very, very fast, like I did here. Yeah. I mean, Biden got how many shots in people's arms in his first 100 days in office? So 100 days to the Olympics, let's do this. Let's get <laughs> Japan is a, I think, a, you know, significantly smaller population compared to the U.S. So let's go. No, they absolutely do, and they they now have purchased everything they need for the fall. So I guess that'll be okay. I just, I had plans to go early next, yeah, early next spring. Mm -hmm. Stuff is extremely cheap right now because you can't actually go. Apparently, <laughs> apparently, it's you can still purchase the, the stuff to go, but you can't actually come in. <laughs> or maybe you can go; they just won't let you back. <laughs> Like uh, back here, back home. Uh, that's <laughs> tourism is a big part of their economy, as I understand it. But they also don't really want filthy foreigners in. So that's that's <laughs> it's going to be a, a tricky road to hoe for the next year for them. I'm guessing. Yeah, probably. But yeah, I guess the ho the hosting the Olympics this year has like a seventy percent disapproval rating. <laughs> I'm not surprised. I mean, <laughs> it's yeah, it's wild to think like. I mean, every I'm sure when they decided to to do the delay or whatever, you know, back in the, back in the hell year, uh, it was everyone's like, oh, we'll we'll have it all figured out by then. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. 2021. I mean, it's so far away, and now it's like uh, staring yeah. down the barrel. <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to decide internally what's the stupider thing to do: to have Olympics during a, a pandemic that isn't quite under control yet, or putting the World Cup in the desert. <laughs> I mean. It's FIFA. So. <laughs> I mean, I know it's in the winter, but it's still cutter. Sure, sure. Yeah. It's still going to be 90 degrees, I'm guessing. And not a uh, place that uh, had a bunch of soccer stadiums and infrastructure ready to go for something like the World Cup. No. Um, that's actually, that's this year's problem with it. There's a whole bunch of backlash <laughs> of the... Um, Slavery is not actually okay in order yeah. to get these built. Precisely, that's been that's been a 
source of concern for a while before the pandemic. Yeah, man. but we'll see. How how is um speaking of building stadiums in a very hot place? How's how's Q two coming along? Oh, I mean, it's uh, my understanding it's ready to go, or I mean, at least the the, the general structure and and uh, the stuff. I'm sure there's maybe some details because I I noticed that they put Austin FC on a very long road trip to start the season, uh, presumably to, to wrap up some some details. But um, from the pictures I've seen, anyway, I haven't. I, I don't live as as close to it as I once did. Um, it it looks you know quite nice and pretty much ready to go from a fan's view perspective. It's in a nice part of town, I gotta say, being being near the domain there. Yeah, I I hope you know it becomes a, a staple of life around here. Like you know, pro sports would be would be nice to have a some some kind of pro sport here. It's the MLS. I think it's gonna do gangbusters. Though. Austin's overdue for for a major leaguer. I, I I think it's you guys are going to be as crazy about them as the the San Antonio folks are about the Spurs. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. I like yeah. the distinct European vibe that Austin is building with its pro sports, with the uh, the Formula One and the soccer. Uh, it's uh, it's not what I would have expected, but it's 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 nice. It's a, it's a unique thing. You know, it's like give, give the city a different character than than other cities here in Texas. Yeah, no, that's that's great. I didn't really even thought about it. <laughs> that you guys did Formula One. Yeah, that's cool. I do Next notice... you know we'll have a cricket team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. See, I was going to get a cricket. Fuck, yeah. this is going to happen. <laughs> right before our eyes, Cyrus. We're going to be podcasting five years from now. Oh. Like, oh, man. <laughs> Fourth biggest league in the world. Uh, Premier League cricket in India. You know, it's interesting that to think like, it's that kind of stuff that probably brings more tourists, right? Than uh, more nationally local, like you know, baseball, football, basketball, like uh, sports. I think Austin is would prefer to bring tourists in rather than like kind of build some kind of city population that supports a, a, a sports team just because people live here. It seems to be the maybe a, a logic that would explain some of the moves that they've made um, with stuff like Formula One and just various events, right? They we bring a lot of events to the city just to kind of and have venues for them just mostly i think to bring tourists in have them do stuff um i wonder if that's just where that where that trend will will take the city of austin in the long run you know 10 15 20 plus years well let's game it out real quick um the nfl already has two teams in texas both of which are unmitigated disasters in their own unique (laughs) special way we, maybe we we can litigate that in a moment. It seems like a shame to touch on it with with Key not here. Yeah. Um, I don't think they're looking to expand anyway. Um, True. God, if you, I, obviously, if you could, that's the, that's the one to get. The NBA. I mean, Three games. <laughs> yeah, and and the Spurs are just an hour away. So yeah. that 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 looks like a something that would probably would never happen. NHL has. They just they randomly expand yeah. every five years, and then they have a lockout immediately after. That's just their weird <laughs> ass cycle. And baseball will put a team whenever you want. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> but they haven't. And we have you know my, a AAA or minor league or whatever. I don't know if the Round Rock expresses AAA anymore. They might be AA. But anyway, um, it if the city really wanted, I'm sure they could push to have. Austin does have a fair amount of minor league teams, right? Maybe like they, I, I think there's a minor league hockey team. Okay. Okay. Yeah, just interesting to me that the 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 two major sports that we've brought to the city so far, or that you know the city has brought to itself, is Formula One and MLS. But I think that's unique. I think that's good. It's not. It's just it it it's just different and not what you'd expect for a city to like go after is like, you know, a a thing that they push really hard for a number of years to do and then get. Uh, but that's what we got, and hey, yeah, it's, it's yeah. It's the, cool. the the Texas stereotype would be NFL and NASCAR, that's, and we have uh, neither of those things. <laughs> no, uh, they're still doing. Austin FC is doing well, right? Seems like they're doing okay out of the gate. Yeah, we lost to the Galaxy yesterday, I think. So, I think it's been. I think we're at something like a fifty-fifty record or something. To okay, that's 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 respectable for first year. Yeah, I think so. I think we've lost to both LA clubs now. 
One of my favorite MLS affectations is that when the LA teams play, they call it El Trafico. <laughs> <laughs> it's always overblown because ESPN really loves those two fucking Los Angeles teams. <laughs> <laughs> Only one of which is actually any good. <laughs> but I, I do, I do like that name. That's that's excellent. <laughs> Pretty good. Well, we've had a, we've had a, some weeks to us uh, to sit on it. Um, most do scheduling, I think. Anything. But uh, let's let's talk. Uh, let's do an extra review of. Do I, do I want to call it the Falcon and the Winter Soldier or the Captain Captain America and the Winter Soldier? <laughs> the show formerly known as Falcon and the Winter Soldier now Captain America and the Winter. Oh, that's Soldier. good. The title wasn't long enough. <laughs> <laughs> Glad we snidered that right up. <laughs> we 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 would have had to do AKA in there in the t- actually put AKA in the title to to really snider it. Well, what do you think? Did it, did it, they nail the dismount? I think it. I mean. To me, this show fundamentally like had to move Sam in a in a new direction, and I think they nailed that. I think they nailed the Sam part, which is a huge part, right? I, he's, he's half of the title, but I think the Bucky stuff, while there was some Bucky development, and I thought that was great, and I think the story probably needed a TV show, maybe even a longer TV show, but whatever. We got six episodes. Um, I didn't come out of it feeling like a ton happened for Bucky compared to the transformation that Sam went through, but I enjoyed it all the same. I think the whole thing was enjoyable. Um, I just, it's, to me, like Sam Wilson being coming Captain America, that was a journey that we needed to be taken on over this period of time. And Bucky definitely dealt with some stuff and helped move the plot forward in a variety of different ways. It moved Zemo into certain places too, but I don't think, the Winter Soldier part. And his the... butler. Yes. <laughs> Apparently. Gotta watch out for that butler. Top, top five villain already. <laughs> he's the anti-Jarvis, you know, he's like... <laughs> Don't even know his name. It's just he's Zemo's butler. <laughs> Darth Butler. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the ending felt really solid for me, um, but I just came away with it like, okay, not a not a lot of Bucky stuff to finish it off. Sharon's power broker. Okay, I guess that'll start a bunch of other things. Move a lot of pieces. I guess maybe is how I would summarize everybody but Sam. I think Sam was like this show was for Sam, and I thought that was awesome. Um, and enjoyed the 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 introduction of our new Captain America at the beginning of that last episode. It was really cool. Well, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, even though I asked the question, so then maybe that's on me. Uh, number one, that costume looks really good on screen. Yes. I was I was worried about that because it's very very white. <laughs> yes. But it yeah they they did it right. Uh, yeah, Sam does dominate the narrative, which is it's fine. I mean, I I don't mind it. It's just no. Uh, it was yeah. it's very it's very brave of them actually to, to do it that way. And I I think they did hit it. The only part that kind of looked a little false to me was the part where he's kind of like lecturing them, oh. <laughs> the senators, after saving them. That was a little little hacky, I thought. But for the most part, I, I thought the episode really hit hard. I, I, I like where they took Sharon. It's interesting. It's if, gonna be if, uh, It's going to mean a lot more in the future than it did in the show. <laughs> is the power broker from the comics canon? Yeah, but it's like a completely different character okay. incarnation, and yeah, I think it's mostly okay, like some some dude selling um, MGH, you know, mutant growth hormone or something like that in the in the comics. Okay, that sounds vaguely familiar. I remember that being a thing way back when Venus was doing Daredevil. Yeah. So if Zemo's Butler is the anti-Jarvis, they're they're positioning Sharon to be the anti-Fury. I think so. That's fascinating. And but then you have the Contessa too. So, oh, what a great cast! Yeah, Paul. I <laughs> that was just, a surprise. <laughs> that was lovely, and when and when she showed up, I was like, "Oh, this is a uh, yeah." <laughs> that that yeah, they're they're gonna have some fun with that too. John Walker was very his his role was very satisfying as as shit cap. <laughs> yes. <laughs> A lot of development on his end too. I mean, with good reason, right? You can't have Sam's evolution without John Walker. Um, he knew the counterpoint. Yeah, um, and and to it just so wonderfully 
to me like uh between the isaiah story arc and the john walker story arc highlights why sam is so unique and his position to to kind of pick up the mantle i think it just like that whole the triumvirate of characters with sam being kind of the 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 driving his own evolution there but inner by interacting and seeing us as an audience how he you know learns from isaiah and about isaiah's whole history and sees what john walker has become and how john walker's handling things i think uh just great the whole the whole package just phenomenal stuff like you really believe like sam is captain america at you know coming out of it i, I think somebody in some interview or some, or some article or something said it would have been so cheap to see like to not have not have had this series and have like in avengers seven or whatever sam show up with the shield and be like hey guys and be like captain america and like you really just get such a nice story about how he he picks up the mantle and why um it's just so great i just i just love that marvel did this i mean i it it, it changes things the way that they, they have this now these disney plus series to be able to like do something like this and i thought it was just awesome yeah they they've if they need to let character mo- building moments breathe they've got room for it now yeah and if they can fix or not fix but like maybe fix stuff from other movies that maybe was clunky or uh, honestly i feel like it's something that they're doing with star wars as well like they're they use the tv series to backfill or explain or you know paper over or, or mortar over things that that need that need that um in addition to enhancing and giving you something new and experience then um, uh, and, and Marvel doesn't need that maybe as much as Star Wars does in some areas and Mandalorian and, and other shows are been doing a lot of that work for a while but um, it's just super super cool uh, well they made they t- they did they gave themselves the most difficult possible start value to use a a, a very labored <laughs> gymnastics uh, analogy they at the outset it was Sam grappling with uh, following Steve Rogers Mm-hmm. But by bringing in Bradley, now they, they put their protagonist in a, a position where he had to reconcile and grapple with two very different, very complicated legacies. Yeah. And I think they pulled it off pretty well. Outside, like I said, that one scene, it was a little, eh. And I, I guess that probably is why Bucky kind of falls to, to the wayside. Because there was, there, there, was a, there was a lot going on there. Yeah, he's not grappling with his much of a legacy related like the, the story is not as heavy for Bucky I think as as for Sam in some ways it is he he's grappling he's with he's grappling with having the the infamy of having been the winter soldier yeah I I, I, I agree but it, it's not the 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 understanding the legacy of the this thing that's been passed down onto you and being a black man in America and being a black Captain America like all of that just the examination of that and the way of that, I think in, for these times is the thing you naturally want to focus on as a storyteller probably. And it, and it made for a great story um, and uh, uh, the great evolution again for that, for, for Sam's character. I think Bucky like got there, but we didn't, we didn't spend a lot of episodes with Bucky dealing with it. Like he had the therapy and he had the interactions and he had the Asian guy back in New York and what have you. And it, it worked out. Um, but to me, Bucky was more there to like, help Zemo get out and then deal with the Wakandans. And he had a very unique skill set that blended well. And he and, I mean, he and Sam bounce off each other so well. We talked about this, I think, in, in yeah. the other podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that show also really works better up front at the beginning when they're together and they're, they're kind of yeah. um, doing, that, doing their thing. But by the end, it's like, okay, so where's, where's Bucky going now? Like, it, it's unclear. You don't get that sense of, I'm excited. I, at least, I, I didn't get the sense of, I'm super duper excited to see where Bucky ends up next. I mean, I am, but not as much as where's Captain America going to be next other than, you know, I, and I guess they, one of the things they said was like, Oh, he'll have his own movie. You know, just, just you wait and see. Right. It does feel like they put Bucky in a place where he can start to be whatever it is he decides to be. Yeah. And I, I, I really like that. They didn't just leave John Walker as, as shit cap or evil cap. They they put him in a place where it's like, all right, this is a guy who, this is a good person that was not equal to the task. And where does he go from there? Yeah, yeah. Or where does he get misused? Yeah, who's who's the Contessa really? What she what's she up to? And where how is John gonna be 
be affected by wherever they, whatever theater of war type thing they put him in next. Um, yeah. Fascinating stuff. I mean, to me, it's it's. I find it uh, really cool that the Captain America universe of characters, like the, they could have de-emphasized all that stuff. They could have, like, not brought Batroc back. They could have not had a power broker. They could have not had the shieldish stuff. They could have left for. Avengers stuff or Nick Fury stuff, but like I like that they've taken this. I don't know what to call it, right? It's just the Captain America like collection of characters from the 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 Falcon, of course, but like all of these like Shield and Shield adjacent people and U.S. agents and all this stuff, and they're yeah, like it's, building it's, it's this little, family of characters. Yeah, that little yeah. that little, like semi covert, semi militaristic kind of superhero ish that corner. Ever since the the Captain America two like the Winter Soldier uh, movie, I feel like that's that's been like a very uh, uh, fertile soil to, to mm-hmm. till for Marvel, uh, and I'm glad they're continuing to do that. So here's my super hyperbolic take on it. I don't know if I'm right, but this will make for, I think it'll make for this interesting radio if nothing else. I think this show has the potential to change pop culture fandom forever. I've been th- yeah right there. That's I'm going there. <laughs> I've been thinking a lot about what causes toxic fandom, and it comes out of gatekeeping. And gatekeeping is a result of people not wanting the thing they love, whatever IP it is. You know, you're con- not just comic book superheroes, uh, television, movies, sure, sure. Uh, novels, music. Yes. Um, not wanting that thing to change from the, what it was when it when they first fell in love with it. And with the when the MCU realized it was going to be an a, a CU as it were, you know, a little over a decade ago now, the immediate question becomes: How do they handle having to move on from these characters? Do they recast? Do they have? Do they do? Do they have a crisis? Do they kill them? Uh, the publishing efforts they've they've just decided to come up with to just try, try and keep those guys in that fucking role forever because that's just that's how they've decided to do it. Whether that be I, 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 uh, a multiversal crisis that reboots the timeline, time fuckery, a deal with Mephisto, for example. <laughs> God, don't even. Yeah, right. There, there's no good way to do this except here where we have we have a case of like let's see if we can hand the baton off. And I think that I, I, it sat well with me. I think the buzz is positive. Yeah. So we it's have their first we, try, right? It's their first attempt to do this, really, Marvel, in a real way, like a concrete, like a major character way. We don't have an Iron Man replacement yet. Yet. We don't. We don't have we, any of the others. Far really from yet. home was a little bit of a test case for it. A little bit. Yeah. With, with Peter, you know, being the heir to Tony's legacy. Yeah. But this is but this was, is a, yeah. who will wield the shield, right? Yes, that I mean. This is I'm glad they didn't this... ever use that as the end of the advertising. <laughs> I was going to cringe so hard. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> uh, but um, like, yeah, I mean, they they nailed that. If that was the if that was the goal, and I I, I do think it, it probably was, and that's why it explains why Sam was the main focus of the show. Um, they nailed it. People are mostly accepting of this new Captain America. Like, no, if fans are, but I mean. It doesn't. It doesn't hurt that he's freaking cool as hell. <laughs> yeah, and no one's bitching about the, the Disney's diversity agenda or yeah. or any of that. Not at least I don't think so. I mean, maybe or, there's or, some corner somewhere in parlor or some bullshit about that, but who cares? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's it's almost unprecedented. I, I I was really trying to think of an example of something that would hit hit as well as this did. All I could come up with was 20 years ago when Rage Against the Machine swapped frontmen. <laughs> and everyone loved that audio slave album. That's all I had. I couldn't I couldn't think of anything else. Where people didn't merely go, mm, this is this is new, fuck this. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. But to, it's in order to grow hard. and change, in order to grow and survive, really, this is what this is what they gotta do. Cause even if they recast the characters, eventually somebody's gonna come 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 by or a lot of part of the fandom I'll say is gonna come come in and say, You're just redoing the same stories with the same characters this is different this is like creative direction shift that's meaningful and you know again like i think the tv show format helps because people will spend weeks processing this even if they only have one episode a week they've talked about it and sat with it and i think it's helped 
in a different way than a movie would have. Yeah, I I'm really impressed. Um, there there was a lot on the line here. It didn't feel like that initially, but the more as you said, you, you sit with it and think about it. It's like wow, this was. There were high stakes involved for a, you know a little show on on Disney's Plus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I, I think they I think they I think they hit it. There's, one of the thing I oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say I think there's maybe a, f- a few nitpicky things, but overall, yeah, yeah, A plus plus. Yeah, I I just wanted to add one last little tidbit was I really like how in that last episode, even though Sam is like you know he he flies through the window and he's like I'm Captain America and a random dude bro's like I thought he was on the moon or whatever and and they and that's it he's Captain America from then on, but he doesn't change who he is. Like I love the part I was I always recount when people ask me uh, outside the podcast like how I like the the last episode. I always tell him I love the part where he's in, he's you know chasing the helicopter, and the dude like knocks a bunch of concrete like massive, like you know like tunnel equipment on him or whatever, and he gets out of the ocean, and he's like, "Boy, you earned this ass whooping." And it's like yeah. Sam did not change. He's Captain yeah. America, but he's Sam. He's the same person. He just has the mantle now, and like that that scene I just thought was great because he's still Sam. He's the same Sam we've been seeing for a long time, and I think that's that's awesome. Very critical too, that he retained yeah. that. Yes. Although otherwise, it really is like, what? What's the point? Yeah, America is more than it's like, that's, that's the Rogers. world. That's <laughs> yeah. the that's the that's the world's shittiest recasting. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. It's like when a cousin showed up in Dukes of Hazard, <laughs> <laughs> which is like only like the seventeenth most problematic thing about the Dukes of Hazard. Looking <laughs> oh, back shit. on it now, but it's a different time. What are you gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell were their names? Vance and something or other? I don't fucking remember. <laughs> and I guess we got a few weeks to Loki. Yeah. On Wednesdays. Oh really? Yes, because Black Widow premieres on a Friday. You can't. You can't have people staying home to watch Loki. <laughs> Won't they just stay home and buy it on Disney Plus? <laughs> you, you think? <laughs> but at least they got your thirty bucks then. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I I don't I don't really know why the what logic was, but they had this like little like clip of like Tom Hiddleston playing Loki, being like, "Oh, I'm I turn Fridays into Wednesdays, bitch. <laughs> Wednesdays are the new Fridays." Well, I mean, like the NFL, their first game is on Thursday, at the beginning of the season, right? Why don't you just yeah, I, yeah. okay, whatever. Yeah. Every there has Wednesday. to be some. There's something has to be something more to it than that. Maybe they maybe they're just trying to see how it works, which is not this is not dumb. Yeah. Sure. It's weird not having a Marvel show every Friday. I mean, I, I I guess there was like a one or two week break between WandaVision and and Falcon and Winter Soldier, but it didn't feel that long. This it seemed almost back to back, though, right? Yeah, almost. And they always do one of those. They they give you at least a little featurette to tide you mm. over. <laughs> I still need to watch that. <laughs> oh man, you got to watch the Falcon and Winter Soldier one because they uh, they explain how like his you know his cowl goes uh, down his neck. And they they explain how they deal with like the little like bunching that comes out from like just just watch it. The, the costume is they they did a lot of work on the. How have they not figured this out in forty years? Not enough. Do you know how many enough. Batman this has plagued? All of I them. Know. <laughs> I know. They. Yeah. Just. Yeah. It's, it's it. Every one of those counts as a CGI. Scene. That's where the Bat Dance started. Michael couldn't. Michael Keaton couldn't turn left or right. At least not with his his just his face. And Prince was like, oh, "That's pretty good." Uh, <laughs> I don't know if any of that's true, by the way. I don't know. <laughs> I suspect I just made all that up. <laughs> Lest yeah. anyone think I'm not talking out of my ass. <laughs> God. Well, now I gotta watch that. No, see, I I've been trying to watch Invincible. Oh, okay. Is why I haven't done this. Have you watched this? I have watched it. Okay, the internet wants you to know this is the greatest thing ever. Where where do you fall out on it? <laughs> it uh, it was enjoyable from a I needed a new superhero thing to watch, and I had not read the comics, so I was like, oh, I'll I'll give this a try. Uh, wow, super violent. <laughs> um, um, I, I saw your, your your tweet about it, Cyrus. I I I, I kind of agree, like it or more than kind of, I, I definitely agree. Like if, if the goal was to put the violence there because that makes it somehow cooler, I, I disagree with, with, with that notion. Um, that's, that I wasn't going to it for the gore. If anything, it was hard, especially later on, like especially that last episode, I don't know how much 
how far you've gone. But... I'm almost halfway through. Okay. The, the that last episode just woof. Um, if they're, I, I don't know. Like I I don't know about the comic itself. If the if they were like trying to show like you know with superpowered people this is what happens like stuff's not the way that you know maybe DC or Marvel will show it. But anyway, that that wasn't the most attractive part. I just liked that. There was a mystery, and it was, you know, it was easy to follow, well-acted, like, has a lot of name power, you know, Stephen Yeun, Sandra Oh, J.K. Simmons, cool cast, um, just kind of a nice animated series to to tide me over, kind of coming out of Falcon Winter Soldier and wanted to watch something superhero-ish. I wouldn't call it, I wouldn't say watch that over Falcon and the Winter Soldier yeah. by any stretch. Come on. So I, it's interesting you mentioned you hadn't read it. I also have not read it. Um, the reason is, is Invincible came, hit about the same time as Ultimate Spider-Man did. Oh. And was dealing with a lot of the themes that were there. And I was like, well, I'm just going to read Spider-Man. Thank you, Robert yeah. Kirkman. Yeah. Um, I think it's great you own this. Good, good, God, go with God. <laughs> um, the one thing I did know was the twist regarding Omni-Man. Ah. Uh. And I felt like a lot of that pilot episode was built on that. People not knowing sure. that part. So I was real. The pilot left me real cold. But I, 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 I've stuck with it as halfway through thus far. And I'm glad I did. The, the characters still sound a little bit too much all the same to me. Um, but wait, I mean, and that's 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 pretty tricky to like not do that. So that's whatever. The voice cast, as you point out, is excellent. Uh, Quint, I, I would throw in Quentin and um, Walter Goggin, I think his name is. Oh, yeah, Walton Goggins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goggins. He's, he's really good in that yeah. role. I would never have thought of him being excellent as, like, the, the old pissy Nick Fury, <laughs> Fury type. He's great at it. Yeah, he gets better, too. Like, I, I, mm. I, I like, was really appreciating his 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 role uh, towards the end of the series, the first yes. season or whatever. Yeah, the characters were a little flat for me. Um, there is a lot of it trying to do the shock value thing. And I, I think I'm probably to be fair. I, that's Game of Thrones PTSD. Oh man, that's that's fair because too. Because yeah. because I, I realized looking back on that that the guys who made it didn't, never really got it. They thought the shock value was the good part, <laughs> <laughs> and it really shows uh, as you get as you get deeper into it. <laughs> but to as you say, I'm I'm gonna co-sign retweet this. Um, yeah, the 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 mystery narrative that's driving it is really interesting. So I'm glad I'm glad I've stuck with it. And I think Mark's, you know, the the coming of age aspect of is just a slightly different than I've seen in other stuff because I don't know why. Like, and and I watch My Hero Academia, and I've watched a lot of other, you know, coming of age style superhero things, but it was just it was just different enough in terms of how it covered, you know, what he's gone through and his, you know, his father's legacy, but also the other, you know, teenage or younger heroes he encounters and. It's uh, far from easy to, to to live that life and see what he deals with and what the other kind of characters in that you know younger generation go through in that story. And there's some other mysteries there too. Uh, that that stuff was fun. Ultra violence, uh, I would have preferred to to not have it. They needed to make it ten years ago. A lot of the wow. themes that it's dealing with have been done by in other venues and done better. Like it's not as good as End of the Spider Verse. Sure. It's not as good as uh, MCU Spidey regarding the, the yeah. teenage superhero thing. So it's got yeah. that going against it. In terms of like, you know, going super hardcore, you know, adult content and stuff like that, um, HBO's Watchmen yeah. Yeah. is just better. So, so in some ways, it's just kind of unfortunately late to the party. Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of like, uh, well, it's it's here. That's great. But we've got a lot of stuff like this in different ways now. Yeah. And, and a lot of it's better, but yeah, I, after being actually almost recoiling in horror after the initial <laughs> episode, <laughs> I, I was glad I stuck with it. I was like, okay, all right, there, there's something here. That's kind of, I'm kind of curious to see the full reveal of where this is going. The, the overall narrative mystery. It's, it's satisfying enough. And I, I guess Amazon's got a hit. Yeah. They renewed it for two more seasons, I think. So, mm-hmm. Good on for that. Yeah, I, I mean, up till then, I think their highest performer has probably been the marvelous Mrs. Mizell. Yeah, and the boys, I think, does well for them. That's true too. Um, Which is also disappointing, but. 
And uh, I don't I don't know if Jack Ryan, the Tom Clancy series, does well for them or not. I have yet to see a, a advertisement for yet a new season there. So who knows? I never hear anything about it, <laughs> which seems weird. Yeah, you'd think they'd be like all up in that uh, business and spinoff shows. And, and they, they just had this... Uh, they bought the Without Remorse movie out from under a studio with Michael B. Jordan playing John Clark. But I don't think they are trying to connect it to their TV show, which I think is a missed opportunity, if you ask me. Yeah, who knows? They could have had a whole Clancyverse thing is my, my point. Like, I'm just always like... That, like that's Marvel, where I was. That's you know. kind of what I was was about to go with it myself. It seems like there is a there's an audience there for that. So the fact yeah. that there's no, there's been no like rave reviews in my social media timelines makes me like, what's going on here? Yeah, how'd they miss that boat? Like this would have been perfect. Yeah, is it just not good? I mean, I. Oh, and how, I, I mean, I'd be remiss without mentioning the Expanse. It's one of my favorite Amazon shows. Probably, probably my favorite Amazon show. It's an amazing show. Um, sci-fi oh yeah yeah they, that's right they did pick that up jupiter's legacy just dropped are you gonna watch it uh i don't know maybe i'm so it's maybe know, interesting okay yeah mark miller cool ideas but i don't know i just i'm i'm waiting for where the, the shock factor is gonna hit me in in a show like that and then maybe i've had enough of that with invincible that i want to take a break i don't know that's fair I think I only read one issue of the comic, so I. Oh, sure oh, 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 okay, gotcha. I'm I'm unfamiliar with the comic myself. His career is interesting. Like he's done like all different kinds of um, um, motion picture rating in his career, but I guess the stuff that has become famous has been the the hardcore R stuff, as opposed yeah. to like his Batman and Superman the animated series yeah. run. Sure. Sure. Yeah, but he can do all audiences. I just, I don't know. I guess his his fans don't want that from him. Yeah. Where's Jupiter's legacy in that uh, that that sliding scale? That's the thing. I don't know because the first episode, first issue that I read of the comic, I think it was, you know, leaning more mature. I mean, it's it's to do with heroes and their legacies, which is a very popular hmm. theme these days. Um, <laughs> uh, but um, I thought it was somewhat violent, but not like Nemesis level yeah, right. violence also being developed on Netflix for Netflix I think oh yeah exactly I was like you guys could just not do that one I'd really appreciate it or maybe like tone it just take it all the way down just tone it way down anyway uh, this is another case of it being too little too late um that's yeah. been done it's called the Joker film <laughs> yeah, okay, and there uh, you go. Joaquin Phoenix already has an Oscar yeah, it, it 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 seems like it's taken a long time to develop Miller World stuff for Netflix, because um, that deal was a while back. I think where he they they bought up the whole IP and everything. Yeah, um, I. Like, but to be fair, I think that was because of the pandemic. Could be, could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think that's part of the reason. Like it it was slow, and why it feels like a million years ago. Both relate to that same th- that problem. It's hard. I mean, it's it's hard to remember that like. Like I, I, at least for me, I reckon I acknowledge that my approach to some of this stuff, like even when I was just talking about the Tom Clancy stuff, it's like, well, Marvel's already over over, over here. Where where are you guys? And it's like, well, no. Well, they if they want to do that, they really kind of be like, well, we're gonna release this one movie this year, and then in a couple of years we'll release a second movie, and then maybe in five years we'll have enough movies put together to make like a big crossover thing, but it takes time. And you're you gotta make those right. movies. Those movies we, take time to make. We, we've seen what happens release. when they rush this shit, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but there's the fan, the rabid fan in me that's like, well, uh, I want all this cool stuff that I know you could do, but it's like, well, okay, the bricklaying, it's gonna take a while. I have to remember that. And it, it's best that they build that foundation slowly. Yes. I don't want another dark universe or whatever they call oh, it. <laughs> it was a dark universe. <laughs> yeah, that 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 drop for Netflix, and I think Shadow and Bone. I keep seeing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, wife and I are watching that. Um, oh, was it good? Enjoying, yeah, enjoying it so far. Okay. Cool. Yeah, it's got it. it it's taken that. That's definitely like another um, one that you can tell. Like, I know, I, th- I think it, there's like a book series or whatever, but they're they're taking their time. They're you know. Eight episodes first season, we're we're like 
five or six in uh, Joe and I and um, like stuff's happening and things are moving forward, but it doesn't feel like lightning fast. It feels like this is a properly paced story here with a lot of moving parts, but properly paced and uh, they, they want to make it a thing. So cool. Netflix still, you know, putting stuff out. They don't want to get left behind. They got, they, 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 got, they got stuff they want people to see. Yeah. They're they're pretty good about dulling stuff out for the long game. That's kind of been their business model. Yeah, Castlevania season four just dropped as well. That's a good point too. Yeah, the last one for that one. Then they're going to spin it off into other stuff. I'm surprised it went as long as it did, given that Dracula's yeah. not alive. <laughs> well, or unlive. I don't even what the, yeah. I don't even what the hell that how that works. He's already dead. He was a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. That's it. Yeah. He was he was alive. Then he was he born a vampire? I don't know. Then he was then he's undead. Then he got dead undead. And now season four, the story is people want to un undead him. I right. don't know. Undead him. Un unredead. <laughs> unread. Yeah. Whatever. I did have, and we can probably close on this horrible thought. The idea that as these comic book properties, like I mean, they're 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 all getting made apparently, except for Saga. Right. What's up with that? I, okay. Yeah. Well, that's 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 the thing for me. To just just apparently grind on forever, and this is horrifying to contemplate. But if you were going to make, I, I, I guess they are going to make a young blood thing at some point. Oh, isn't Zack Snyder the perfect guy for that? Uh, I guess so. Because he already kind of that's kind of what he brings to these things. He takes superheroes and makes them inappropriately <laughs> violent in real world. <laughs> Which is what Youngblood was. Yeah. Youngblood was just Avengers with machine guns and swear words. Sounds right up his alley. Yeah. No, I. it's weirdly like a, a marriage made in hell. <laughs> so I guess if they're, they're hell-bent on making it, and I guess at some point it probably will come to fruition, that's, your, that's, the, that's my vote for your pony. <laughs> Go get Zach. I know, right? Well, it's, just, it's just horrifying. Yeah, yeah I'm... I'm... <laughs> <laughs> Makes you wonder, like, is that going to signal the the end of comic book adaptations from like other other studios? Uh, you know, Marvel will keep being Marvel and do stuff, and DC will keep doing stuff. But is that going to be the end of you know oh, third that's, studio? That's, that's an interesting what if. What what's the thing that's finally going to kill it? <laughs> exactly. They they keep saying because <laughs> we were, in the last episode we were wondering what 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 will be the first one that doesn't hit. But we're, now we're wondering what's the thing that's so bad <laughs> just... it just destroys the whole genre <laughs> and the way that like westerns used to be a thing and now they're not <laughs> it's bound to happen or at least some kind of change in what people want from movies will will diminish the popularity I, there's no way it won't happen I mean it, it's just not going to be a overnight thing where it's just poof disappear but I I feel like humanity as a whole will just it gets bored of things and moves on, right? There are people, there are core phantoms that stick around and will, you know, be watching our Iron Man Blu-rays forever. But uh, the at some point, the, the world the, will the the, the popular zeitgeist, yeah, yeah. And where's where the transition to? Yeah, like what what's what's the comic book phantom menace that we can't see yet? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know, I. I... <laughs> I mean, they've already made Dark Phoenix twice, and if that didn't do it, <laughs> maybe maybe there's not one. Maybe not. Who did you? Just, would you? Who would have predicted that? Go back to 2000 and be like, "Look, dude, they made Dark Phoenix twice. They both didn't work out." Who would have flipped your desk in like 1999 if you went back in time and told yourself that? That's so true. But everybody loves Groot. <laughs> Right. Go pick up your desk and flip it again. <laughs> yeah, guard. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's the counter to the argument. If you can make that work, you, you can make anything work. Yeah. What are you guys reading this uh, this coming month on a comic strip? We are reading Sandman Volume Two, uh, the, the classic Neil Gaiman series. Cereal boxes. Yes. Okay. That's <laughs> it. Serial, it's, 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 it's been a hot minute since I've read that series. <laughs> It yeah, I mean, it, we read sixteen oh two a while back, and like I think just the Neil Gaiman style, 
um, it's good. I mean, it, I, I'm not going to like say it's not, you know, creatively well done. It's just hard uh, for me as, as a reader to get there. It's just like not the style I, that resonates with me, I guess anymore. Cause I was like, I, I say this in the, in the, in the podcast, it'll, it'll come out next Tuesday, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Like, get on with it, Neil. <laughs> Dude, I know where this is going. Uh, but uh, overall, I think it was, you know, it was, we'll, we'll, you'll, you'll have half an hour on it, but uh, it, was, <laughs> it was pretty good. And then um, Un- Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, Volume 1, the other trade war we're reading for this month. That's Ryan North's run, right? Yep. yep. Okay. Very different than Sandman. <laughs> totally. Especially, especially that storyline. <laughs> yeah. I didn't we didn't know when we picked them that that was going to be uh the the tonal the tonal clash that it was, but I think it's great. It makes for great content. Well, look, it's like Snoke says. <laughs> <laughs> well, the light is rising to meet the darkness. <laughs> is that the light? I don't even fucking know. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> he was a clone anyway. Whatever. <laughs> or whatever he was. I, I guess we'll find out in season three of The Mandalorian. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I think it's weird. <laughs> oh, uh, that reminds me, uh, The Bad Batch uh, started airing, and they're, they're already yeah. doing more Star Wars rehabilitation there, so uh, I'm enjoying that too. Yeah, I'm not surprised that's good. We haven't gotten to it yet. <laughs> we're, uh, we're working through uh, DuckTale season three and uh, Pooch oh. Perfect somehow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not 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 gonna endorse that one. <laughs> yeah, I just I feel bad for those dogs. <laughs> On that note, you have been listening to Full of Sunday Free Podcast. I've been Cyrus Morazavi of Kirkland, Washington, and GreatSourceStudios.com. dot com. With me, uh, shortly going back to comic strip, dropping in a couple days, has been Ariel Rodriguez of Austin, Texas. Thanks as always for having me, sir. Absolutely. This episode and previous episodes of Full of Sunday Free Podcast is available at Full of Sunday Free Podcast dot com or by subscription at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. This has been a Great Source Studios production, copyright 2021.